When you were growing up, did your parents ever teach you about money, how to view it, how to use it, so that it would not take you captive and run your life? This is Monday, November 7th. Did your parents, did they, they teach you the place of money in your life and how you were to manage it? Now, most people, when asked this question, say no. This isn't true everywhere in the world. In some Asian countries, men and women talk about what they make and have on their first date or soon after they first meet. Money is a sensitive topic for us because it's taken on the characteristics of the sacred. We connect so much of our value to it and our identity that it feels most uncomfortable to even talk about it. So buckle your seat belt. This week, we're going to see how God's people have viewed it and how we can use our resources to further the mission of God in the world. Now, of course, our conversation, like any conversation flowing from the gospel, is good news. Why is that? Well, generosity doesn't flow from guilt. We're not to use our giving to get anything from God. He's given us all things freely in Christ. Instead, our lives are reoriented in every way by God's love. But to begin this week, we need to go back a bit further. Actually, to the beginning, the book of Genesis. Here's our text for today, Genesis 14, verse 18 to 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Now this scene comes early in the life of Abraham. After success in battle, a strange individual shows up in Abraham's camp. We are given his identity as a priest of the Lord God Most High. But this was hundreds of years before the official priesthood that the Lord established among his people. So who is this? Well, we don't know for sure except that he represented the Lord. Some people say that this is a pre-appearance of Jesus, because Jesus is called our Melchizedek later in Scripture. Abraham, for his part, knows this man represents the Lord. The name Melchizedek means king of holiness. And we are told that he comes from a city called Salem. That means peace. He blessed Abraham, and what does Abraham do? Abraham tithed. That is, he gave the priest a tenth of all he had. Now, so many there are so many things we can learn from here. First, Melchizedek did not bless Abraham for money. Abraham gave him his gift after he received the blessing. There was no quid pro quo involved here. That's the way life and blessings worked with Abraham. It was all gift. Abraham was not forced to give his gift any more than Melchizedek was forced to bless him. And second, notice that Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of what he had. Why a tenth? Well, in the decimal system, a tenth looks like one, like one of your fingers on your hand. It represented the fact that Abraham knew that all that he had came from the Lord. It was all the Lord's, and Abraham was just a steward of it. 
Again, this tithe or tenth was not required of Abraham. It was given freely. And here's why this is important. The gods of Canaan all required sacrifices. If you were to be blessed or to, to, to remove curses, you had to give of your flock or of your herd. To understand this, we need to remember that in the pagan world, people lived in continuous danger of chaos and destruction. This meant that people always felt vulnerable and at risk. They could manage this danger by appeasing the gods, by making peace with them, through sacrifice. That meant, of course, you were always having to make a sacrifice. If your crops grew and you had a season of success, you sacrificed because you owed the gods for your bounty. But if your crops failed or sickness came to your family, then you also had to make sacrifices because the gods were angry with you and they needed to be pacified. Do you see the trap they were in? This is the very faith that the people of God opposed because they knew the gods of the pagans were nothing at all. They knew this was not the way the one true God related to his people. So for Abraham, the Lord came to visit him and made a covenant with him. God promised Abraham blessing, and when Abraham has a visit from the Lord's priest, he freely gives. There's no evidence here of a sacrifice at all. Now, we, as we are in our Engage series, we're looking at how we join the mission of Jesus. And it's so important for us to get this right. We say this it, this way at, at Granada. We are free to give. That is, what is, we have been set free by God, free from fear, free from judgment. And the result is, we can give. We really give as a result. It's all the generosity of God that's seen then in us, in our generosity. You see, in the old pagan way of sacrifices, you could never really give a gift. You're either paying a bribe to the gods or repaying a debt. But in Christ, all of our debts have been settled. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. But instead, he covers our sin and we can give freely. We can share in what, is, what God is doing in the world. Let's pray. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, thank you for redeeming us, for giving us life and hope and peace in your name. Open our eyes to see the way you have loved us in Christ and teach us your way of love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.